a playlist original. everyone welcome to another new episode of back to the blockbuster my name is gaius bowling and i am joined once again by uh zod and jack gonzalez <laughs> the boys <laughs> the fellas how we doing doing good to all the listeners out there I don't, I don't know why but i changed my name to uh general zod today on the uh zencaster the software we use to record and uh i think it means i'm going to be devil's advocate today <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> you're just gonna be like throwing in bombs and like making us upset. You're throwing in <laughs> hot topics left and right. You need to take my spot today. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, today like we've had so many like themed episodes the last few weeks, uh, but we decided to do one that's just all news, all hot topics because um, Cinema Con's going on in Vegas right now. It's like a movie trade show. Uh, Sony's there, Warner Brothers, Universal. Uh, all the big ones, they basically show off to theater exhibitors uh, all the future things they have coming out within like the next year or two to kind of get people excited for uh, all their content. Um, the cool thing about it is that if you get to go in your press, physically, you get to see all this stuff early, like early footage. And like last year, uh, Chris, who is our editor-in-chief at Joe Blow, he saw Ghostbusters Afterlife like months earlier than it went before it came out. Um, he's seen Top Gun this week as well. There, uh, nice. they showed like they showed the first fifteen minutes of uh, Across the Spider Verse. There, like a lot of stuff they've been kind of like kind of previewing uh, while they're there. Um, yeah. The only thing that the only thing that sucks though is that for those of us who didn't go, we can only really read descriptions of what the footage is because they don't really yeah. release it online. They don't release it online until later, and they think this is a good way to get the general public excited for what they have. Uh, I personally think it's one of the best social media days because you just get hit with like every hour, a flurry of new information. Just, it's just a good entertaining day online. And like, and then like something left and right. Yeah. Some of the news is like obvious too. It's like, Oh, like, do I need to post that? Cause we all like, like they just said that Robert Pattinson's officially coming back for the Batman as season. Batman. Like, like no <laughs> shit, guys, no shit. Robert Pattinson's back. <laughs> the, wait, yeah, guys. I, I I just want to point out that I don't think you mentioned Warner Brothers going to this because they are just in a fucking shitstorm. Yeah, there's wait, a lot guess, of uh, for um for Robert Pattinson. Did he only sign a one movie deal, and they were waiting to see the response that he got? I think he signed on for more than one. Uh, from what I from what I understand, he signed on for more than one. It just because I, I feel like he wouldn't have signed the deal unless he had gotten at least a two movie deal, and then yeah. I mean, I, I guess they just officially announced it to the masses. Yeah, because he well, talked actually, about the interviews too. That he like talked I, I about think that. With him. Oh, okay. I, I I was gonna say that I think because of his history of like being such a what am I gonna say here like, a, uh, like franchise an independent guy. yeah like if not a very anti after uh, after Twilight. Twilight. So oh, um, yeah, he's probably hesitant again, for signing anything on the dotted line after that. Yeah, exactly. I'd be terrified too if I was him. But I mean, if you're gonna do Batman, it's like pretty much guaranteed that you have to do at least three movies. Yeah. So funny, in some way, uh, shape, or form. So actually, I I just rewatched it um, this uh, this last weekend on HBO Max. Um, first time I'd seen it again since seeing it in the theater, and. It was definitely different seeing it not only on the small screen, but just in general seeing it again for the second time. 
there were a few more things that kind of stood out to me that I actually didn't like uh, compared to when I watched it the first time. For me, gosh, it was – I think I kind of mentioned this the, in the first uh, – in the episode where we talked about it. But it's like the use of like sort of the 2020 technology, seeing on the screen – literally a phone screen with the Riddler FaceTiming Batman and seeing Batman's little triangle or little <laughs> rectangle in the top left. Like that made, it, it looked so fucking stupid on screen. Like, I don't think it really got to me when I first saw it. I was like, it looks like something that a college humor video would do where you literally just see the cowl in the top left and nothing. I was like, this makes no sense. Like that, that shouldn't necessarily be in a batman movie it just looked so strange to me and just like a few other those things are just like the technology like constantly just watching a screen with it's like i was watching a discord server with um the riddler which is i mean it makes sense it's how he got his followers how to uh get the guys to go and shoot up the rally but like gosh i don't know it was it, it definitely kind of threw me a, a for a different loop when i was re-watching it again I'm afraid I'm going to have that feeling when I watch it again, because other people have said that to you, that they felt like less about it, watching it like at home on HBO Max, not like for the second time in the theater, but like watching it like at home now that it's on streaming and like people I kind of trust have said that. And I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to feel the same way, like, like picking it apart a bit more than I did when I first saw it. But the best so, part uh, about it was is that I got to watch the car chase like four times in a row. I just rewound, I just rewound it and just got to rewatch it like four times because that scene is so epic. See, there's perks. So I, I, perks. I don't. I'm not proud of what I'm going to do right now, but I think I might backtrack. This being my favorite Batman movie, um, I might, for all the reasons that you guys are saying too. Like, like I've watched this. Like you know, when, you know my statement of like I like this movie if I can like fall asleep to it and like ah nice like zodiac is a perfect example it's like i'm not missing anything with this i literally fall asleep at the same exact point every single time it's right before gil colson's head like blows up and it's like dude this has already been an hour and a half in and i'm not like to the car chase scene to falcone to anything so it's like it, it really does drag on i like to be honest i don't think i've seen the riddler interrogation scene on hbo max and i've actually started the movie four times so it's it definitely is a little bit i think the adrenaline of seeing it in theaters kept me awake and, and alive um but when you put it at home it's kind of just like it's a good movie to watch and but you got to be dedicated to watching it um and then again just literally re just using the same like four songs over again for the score sorry guys um that just is, it's kind of getting repetitive too with that um, it's a good score but but on the other side of that coin, I have been seeing a lot of Easter eggs that are coming about of the movie that are people now that they have time to dissect it, um, which are I think are pretty cool. Like there's one scene um, when they're like panning away from the iceberg lounge and they see this one apartment building apartment with its light on and we and you you do find out later that it's the riddler but you actually see the riddler like taking photographs with his long ass camera like for a quick second so. Um, there's definitely Easter eggs to be found that can make this movie like really good, but I I think I'm gonna have to backtrack my uh my statement of saying it's my favorite because I can I can watch all of of Dark Knight and stay awake at like twelve yeah. o'clock at night. This I'm gonna fall asleep to unless I put it to a certain scene and watch it. Yeah, and also Jack, to your point too, the interrogation scene way less thrilling on HBO than it was in the theater. Like I I didn't get that same sense of oh my gosh he's about to out 
Bruce Wayne, I was just kind of like, oh, this is a weird dude in a cell who's like plan is kind of going right, but also Batman's not doing it for the right reason. Like all these different kind of things that it just didn't have that same sort of gripping edge as it did when it was in the theater as it did when I was watching it. And like I definitely anything with Falcone, yeah, like anything with Falcone and Selena Kyle, like I really just didn't care about it in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's like that whole scene of her him being in the the bottom of the iceberg lounge when she's like, "You're my father" and all this stuff. It's like at the end of the day, like that didn't have any weight to the movie in the sense yeah. of the only way it made held weight is that it forced Catwoman to go to Bloodhaven, um, which is awesome name drop for Nightwing's like to be city, but. Yeah, I mean, um, um, I, they got to show out with the next one for me to be, again, yeah. really excited for it. And that's what I'm worried about. They might use a Joker too soon. Um, but as we said in the other one, like they could use the Court of Owls as it. And I'll be all in on using the Court of Owls as like the main antagonist with like Joker sprinkled in. So I'm excited for the second ones because I think that also Matt Reeves's Apes movies got better as they went along with more story behind it. So um yeah, not to talk too long about series. the Batman. Yeah, I gotta yeah, rewatch not, those. Not too really long good. Batman. Yeah, yeah it's um, funny because yeah. the, those movies, the ape movies, came out so long like apart from each other that you forget fucking James Franco is in the first one. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's, it's just like it, it becomes the Andy Circus show after that, and you're like, wait, he was tied to that franchise? The first one's just such a yeah. different movie than all the other ones. I feel like they played it safe with the first one. Like they had to make sure that people would like kind of enjoy it. And then they kind of yeah. did whatever they wanted to with like the second and third one. They kind of went all out on like, this is just about the apes who really cares about like the human characters that much. Um, I think that's why that first one feels more like of a, like a poppy kind of franchise movie. And then they kind of get more like deep the way, um, the more they go on. But I actually like the story of the first one the best because it really gives a good backstory into why he's trying to, formulate that sort of vaccine and cure for Alzheimer's. And I mean, um, gosh, who's the actor who plays it? It's, uh, oh, he's uh, the Trinity killer. In Rock, I love him. Rock from the sun. Um, gosh, oh my God. Oh, no, John Lithgow. Yeah. Yeah. John Lithgow. Yep. He's so yep. amazing in that role. It's just like, gosh, like, I think that story might be the best one, but, um, yeah, those, if that's what Matt Reeves has in store for, um, his sort of quote unquote trilogy per se, then I'm in. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, sure. he announced he announced that um, all he did at uh, CinemaCon today was announce that Robert Pattinson's coming back, that he is writing it, uh, and that he will be back to direct it. So that's all they kind of said. No other casting news. I think it's just kind of to get people pumped, like, oh, it's a officially happening. Um, Warner Brothers also dropped other news about some of their movies. Um, this Barbie movie from Greta, Greta Gerwig, which I wasn't paying attention to at all until I looked at the cast list. Like Greta Gerwig did, like Lady Bird, and then like Little Women. Yeah, um, it has Margot Robbie playing Barbie, Ryan Gosling's playing Ken, and Will Ferrell, America Ferrera, Kate McKinnon, Michael Cera, Alexandra Ship, who played Storm in the last few X Men movies, Issa Rae, and Simu Liu, who was uh, in Shang Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. And I kind of I can't tell if the casting announcements are stopping because like every time I think they've casted everyone, they keep announcing like someone new being in it. And I kind of don't think that this movie is going to be exactly what we think it is either. They kind of hint that it's not just like a, it, it might be a little bit smarter and a little bit more like into like the materialism of the idea of Barbie and that kind of stuff too. I don't think it's going to be like a straightforward like adaptation of like the brand. 
basically. Well, but it's my not thought for this. Yeah, my thought for this is that they're going to kind of take. It's obviously going to be a movie version, but yeah. my thought is that they're going to kind of go in the direction that Riverdale did when they ad- adapted Archie. So it's like they took all those characters and then kind of made like a sort of drama spin on it. I think that obviously in order to get people into the theater, they're going to have to do something that's a little bit more thrilling than just a love story between Barbie and Ken. I mean, yeah. Toy Story did that. So it's like right. you, you got to find some way to um, entertain us. And uh, with the cast, I mean, I, I have very high expectations. Really interested to see what Michael Sarah's playing. Um, I, I really want to see what uh, he does. I feel like his adult career has been <clears throat> a little bit different than, uh, let's just say, Jonah Hill or even a uh, Christopher Mitz Platts. So um, really yeah. excited to see kind of what, what they turned that movie into. Uh, which I mean, has have there been any sort of releases of what the screenplay is going to look like or what? Well, well, the good thing is that Greta Gerwig is co-writing it with her husband Noah Bombach, who like uh, wrote *Marriage Story* and uh, *Squid and the Whale*. Like he's they're oh, both nice. really ta- they're both really talented writers. So that's why I feel like it's not going to be like because when I first heard about this, I was like, this sounds kind of stupid. But there wasn't really like a lot of like plot descriptions or anything. It's just like, oh, we're just doing a Barbie movie and Margot Robbie's playing her. Um, for a while, when this was in within when this was in early development, uh, God, why am I blanking on Amy her name? Schumer? Amy Schumer was Amy attached Schumer. to it. She was, yeah, she was supposed to be Barbie, and then that I think there might have been, yeah. yeah, I think there might have been some creative differences. Like, like, casting what? director after that, I know, but that <laughs> dude, that's the thing I'm kind of worried about with this movie. I mean, one like Barbie has gone through the ringer of like being like either woke or like staying like in the like in the correct like space like they like you know that whole tirade of like you know finally having like which was needed like different colored barbies you know for you know to represent the whole thing i haven't seen the cast but it sounds i haven't seen pictures of the cast but it sounds like a big old whiteboard right now with a few so i I really kind of want to it's kind of true like it's one of those movies where i i say they better have read the room before they like they 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 set it out because if it like flops and it's just like this whole you know unrealistic i mean it's barbie so it is unrealistic but like i can't like it's just i can't really wrap my head around what kind of story it would be that wouldn't that would that would do well in this very uh timid culture of like you know uh, you know i'm you know i'm saying trying to you know i'm trying to get at just like it's not over whitewashed or or something that it yeah. can relate to all. It should be able to relate to all now because that Barbie brand um, definitely leans on diversity of like all of their characters and all that stuff. So um, that would be my only like trepidation towards this is just that like it could be just a whole whitey movie, and I don't really <laughs> think that would be good for Warner Brothers to be like, yeah, yeah, definitely not. And and I also hope that they first of all, I mean, just the the premise in general is a little bit far fetched, so. Are they going to take themselves too seriously? Are they going to have fun with it? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out sort of how they're going to be acting because, like, they're literally playing plastic thin people. So it's like, right. I'm yeah, they, the, yeah. The, the thought is going to be. And like, it, it looks like it looks like there is some diversity in the class, but, but we don't like know like how big those parts are going to be. Like Issa Rae is in it, but we don't know how big her parts going to be. Like Alexandra yeah. Ships yeah. in it, but we don't know how big her parts going to be either. Or America Ferrera, like all we really know about is like Barbie and Ken and then the rest of this like giant cast like they don't even have like characters assigned to them that we know of yet they were just kind of in it um so yeah we don't really know how much funny because 
Will Ferrell, like, where the fuck is he fitting in? But I'm I'm down for it. Like, I can see, I can definitely see some very funny things. But that's where I'm saying, like, have you ever, like, like they when Will Ferrell does his like little rants, he just goes off the chain. Like, he isn't like, there's no script to it. So like, you can't hold him back. No, yeah. So I really just don't understand, like, what the hell could like is he what is he Barbie's manager and like he's just gonna make all these like very odd like funny comments or or is he be like ken's dad you know like i just i have no idea and <laughs> if he's either of their parents you gotta see the other one because no way ryan gosling or margot robbie came from will ferrell so no, you- no 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 <laughs> i i true i truly i truly believe sometimes a, a good four out of ten times if not good looking people have a baby that actually comes out as a good looking baby because like the genes are in there every for for someone to everyone has got the genes you know what i'm talking about like it's like how did that girl come from these two i don't know but i i i you never know will ferrell could yeah. absolutely produce a barbie i guarantee it <laughs> um let me no, let yeah. me read the let me read the plot description it's it's on imdb so this could like totally change and it, it might not be like an official one but what they wrote was a doll living in Barbie land is expelled for not being perfect enough and sets off on an adventure in the real world. A live action. Margot Robbie gets from- expelled for not being perfect enough. Sorry. <laughs> what? Yeah. And by the way, that's not official. That might not be official, but that is what it says on IMDb as the plot description. Uh, I mean, but they did announce. is a joke. Yeah. And they did announce today that it is coming out on July 21st, 2023. So we'll know when he oh, okay. Well, I thought, I thought <laughs> you were going to say this July. I was like, wait, so they already filmed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll know we'll know uh, relatively soon whether or not it's good or not. But I, I, like I said, I have faith in the director and the writer. So hopefully it's not kind of what we're thinking. And it's a bit smarter than that. Yeah, I hope um, so. Um, since we're taking this studio by studio, Jack, is there any other Warner Brothers things that you want to praise or shit on? <laughs> uh yeah i think there was a recent article actually i was just reading it today let me see if i have it still um because they've been mixing yeah good news basically like the new the new executives of warner brothers which is basically discovery have like gone through the books of of warner brothers right now and essentially what they came up with was that um they literally just have been like just doing hodgepodge things just throwing money at stuff to see if it works out it's just a mess right now then yeah it's just an absolute mess like what they said like one i can't can't find the article right now it's really pissing me off um but it is just one of the where the fuck actually i might i might have something for you because um i was reading something because they were talking about um Oh, here you their, go. I got it. Yeah, the T, they were getting rid of TNT. They're getting rid of scripted programming on TNT and TBS because of that merger, too. They're yeah, so the, um, the quote from Discovery CFO Gunnar Weidenfels. Gunnar, spelled G-U-N-N-A-R, awesome name. Um, <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, right or wrong, management has made a decision to invest a lot of the incoming funds into a number of investment initiatives. As I'm looking under the hood here, CNS is, CNN Plus is just one example. And I don't want to go through the list of specific, specific examples, but there's a lot of chunky investments that are lacking what I would view as a solid analytical financial foundation and meeting the ROI hurdles that I would like to see for a major investment. 
that's business speak for we're cutting a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, it, it's, it's like if you went to a new job and the person right before you is like, here's the accounts, like you deal with it. And this person just saved nothing on the, on the open server, all on his personal computer, you know, just hodgepodge budgets. Um, yeah. So it, it, I, I will not shit on the new Warner brothers discovery. The old Warner Brothers Discovery, God damn you for putting me through so much turmoil um, and bad decisions yeah. on your part. Well, remember I, I like I told I was talking to you guys one of the last times and I was like, yo, why are we getting like a Blue Beetle theatrical release and Bad Girls going to HBO Max? But then I woke up that Monday to them being like, no, now they're thinking of like releasing Bad Girl in theaters. And they said there was a couple of reasons. There was one that like they looked at all the subscribers that Netflix lost uh in their last quarter kind of looking at it as like okay maybe streaming isn't as strong as we think it is because we're coming out of the pandemic and people are going back to the movies so like maybe we shouldn't just like put these kind of big releases just on our streaming service uh and you know and also this week because of the trade show that's going on with CinemaCon, they're everyone's being all bold and saying like yeah the day and date releases are like dead we, that model it doesn't work anymore we're not going to release movies on the same day in streaming and in theaters anymore we need to focus on the theatrical window respecting the 45 day theatrical window and then focusing on streaming and then blu-ray and all that other stuff um this is a far cry from what they were saying a year ago when they thought theaters were dying because of the pandemic and everything i think it sounds like a little too confident but I mean, that's kind of where their head's at right now. They think uh, theaters are warring back and like they don't have to like put all their eggs in the streaming basket anymore. I think definitely the day-to-day release <clears throat> with uh, streaming and theaters, that's definitely dead. I mean, even just with The Matrix and everything, that was such a huge movie that could have done. Like, let's just say that came out now. I feel like it would have done much better uh, than if it was released on HBO Max. So I think that they're right in that aspect, but... I don't think that the losing subscribers from Netflix is a trend line a of Netflix. Yeah, a sign like that, of, that's not a gauge. Yeah, it's it's not a it's it's so new and streaming has become the way to watch things. I mean, we can even see it when they created fucking CNN Plus because people want to stream. So it's like I don't think that that. Um, like that model is going to be decreasing. I think it's because of Netflix's choices based on content and also what shows they've decided to keep, but also maybe not even be willing to pay for, for example, friends in the office. I hate to use those because they're basically just the big ones, but Peacock got them and people don't want to go to Peacock just for that, but they also don't want to stay on Netflix if it doesn't have it. So I think that it's, it's mostly a content choice also with the prices raising and the, um, announcement that they're going to be having commercials and that is a huge thing oh whoa 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 pause big big old pause button commercials on netflix yeah they're going to be having advertisements they're adding ads and they're also kicking people off for sharing accounts which is passwords and stuff so it's like people have realized oh i can't just do this not only do i not have a free account anymore they're going to kick me out and i have to pay six dollars more than what my friend was paying um, so it's it's just a, like a whole culmination of things that Netflix is deciding to do because of this that has actually ended up like making their fan base and their subscriber base decrease. Well, see, like remember when they said like it was like two, three years ago pre-pandemic that they're like they're spending three billion dollars on on original Con- content. 
And the question always be, and the question really always was, where the hell are you getting three billion dollars from, just off of a non ad based subscription model, and then add on top your original programming, and then add on top all the marketing you do for that. I just never understood how they got that money or how they were even profitable. So unfortunately, definitely could I definitely saw the ads coming. And okay, sorry. Also, add in TV rights deals, like you know, getting the rights to the certain shows. Um, right. But I just never understood how they can make money just by doing that. So I'm, I, I'm not shocked by the ads thing, and that's really what my focus on this rant is going to be on. Um, other than that, dude, it's just, it's it's just the share of the share of the market. It's a, it's the share of the market argument. If there's the, the more that's out there, the more the people are going to want to go check out other things. I've been on a Prime kick for the past like month and a half. I haven't been on Netflix, so that's just how it goes sometimes. So. I don't think that day-to-day release thing was a good idea. I mean, I watched Wonder Woman like three times on Christmas, but that was like it. Other than that, um, yeah, just it's not going to yeah. work out that way anymore. And they should definitely respect the directors, like <clears throat> make that a priority. Respect the director and the actors who like put all this hard work in for us to enjoy and the medium that they want. Yeah. Well, Jack, to be the boring, uh, to be the boring business guy, the reason that oh, they bring get it, money, bring it to be the, uh, yeah, it's just like the reason they can get all this money is because when Netflix is valued as a company at like whatever it is, sixty billion dollars, then investors are going to throw a lot of money at them, regardless of whether or not their ROI is succeeding. So they have this plan to make their money back, but uh, for shows something like Bridgerton, I mean, they probably spent a fuck ton of money on that, and it's giving them great results, which means and it shows investors, hey, I'm going to still throw another billion dollars at you. Here's money to go make more content to make me more money in the long run so that their stock value of Netflix will raise so that they their investment into the company will make them more money. So the money's not just coming from nowhere. They're not just getting a billion dollars from. Right. No, no, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, now, now I see it. So yeah. it's like that's how they're getting the money. Although, like now with this, they're probably not going to be spending three billion dollars because people are like, "Well, you one, you lost your subscriber base. Two, your content's not that great. Three, the power of the dog was supposed to win an Oscar and it barely won anything." <laughs> so it's like I think they probably will not be spending a lot of that money coming in these coming years just based on that. So I think their investors are probably going to get maybe a little bit of cold feet, which, as we could see, could be a detriment to the. Um, amount of original content that they're going to be allowed to create within the coming yeah. years. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I, I mean, their it, stock I, dropped on, on thing on last week. It dropped at 20 something percent, wasn't it? percent of what's original of its uh, current stock price, which are equal to like $53 billion worth of value. So definitely understand what you're saying. Thank you for that business lesson. And everyone on, on who's listening, please thank uh, Owen in the comments for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, Still, like when Red Notice came out, I was like, "This was the most successful movie of all time. It's made this much money." And it's like, I, I don't, I don't see how that movie could raise uh, Netflix stock even more than it already has. So, but yeah, to continue on, yeah, but yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Jack, that's a really good point. Sorry, guys, to cut you off for go, the fourth yeah. time again, but um, <laughs> it's just like for that's the thing that I actually don't understand too about this is that they're saying stuff like Red Notice, but Gaius, you and I have talked about this in the past too all those numbers are not even released to the public. So it's like they're saying viewership, but how does that antiquate to real like 
tangible dollars because when you right. go to the movie theater you can know that someone spent like that sonic the hedgehog made 148 exactly. million dollars so exactly. far exactly that's money that's being transacted so i i don't understand how netflix can just kind of come up with these numbers and just be like okay well whatever it is 100 million households watch this movie and now it's worth something like th- that's something that still doesn't it's basically just this ip i guess that's out there that they're saying is valuable because of the viewership that it's gotten, but it actually hasn't like legitimately made them any money. So that's what I don't understand. Yes. Maybe, and maybe that's where I was like saying like, like you're saying the return on investment from these investors is essentially if it's a good movie, uh, Netflix stock rises because they're more popular. Mm -hmm. We get that. But then, yeah, like we're saying right now, it's like, how the fuck did red, red notice make this or that? Like at least with like, program tv like gays could probably give us a better understanding of that with like the, Niel- the nielsen and all that but like that was you could track that like if someone turned the turn the channel halfway through they would know that they stopped watching at a certain time and you could do that with netflix but that's private yeah and just I for everyone the, who's listening like oh they count no, views like on facebook at like three seconds so like that's what they look at a view it's like three seconds youtube is like seven seconds so netflix also has that and i think it's within like the first five minutes so, like, if you watch five minutes through, they're counting it as a view as you've committed to it. So, again, like, yeah. I could stop watching it after five minutes, and they count that as a view of the whole thing. So, it's odd, but it's also private. So, Damn, so they Netflix, counted as my view of Power of the Dog. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yes, you did. You they, 100% they, did. They're trying to be more transparent. Uh, like, they release um, the viewership now for their, like, top 10 in the U.S. and their top 10 globally as far as views are concerned. But it's still not, like, I think that's the biggest problem that, like, a lot of people have is that, you don't have something that you can see that you that like you said that shows that you're generating money. So like if I if something grosses like fifty million dollars in opening weekend, you can be like, oh, I can see that's a hit. Like with like the Netflix stuff, it's like I love the Adam Project, and they can boast about how it was their third most watched film ever, but it doesn't really say a lot because it a lot of their content also doesn't have like the longevity either. I think that's their, a lot of their problem too. Is that yeah they have a they have a quality control problem for every like stranger things and like Ozark. A lot of their original films are not good. They might hit for like a weekend and then people forget about them. Like for however successful for however successful bird box was, and it was for them. People make fun of it more than anything. Cause it's not like a great film. It's not remembered as something that was really great for cinema. So they can boast yeah. about like how many people have watched it and all that stuff, but it doesn't have the same gauge of success that, a theatrical experience would and then like also on top of this like they used to be the only people in the game and now there's a ton of competition that's why they're losing yep. subscribers too so like i know that so one. like so like they're gonna lose some of their base if they don't actually put out like you i guess people are now noticing that i'm not just gonna accept just whatever generic action movie you're gonna throw my way for the week like when you say that you're gonna release an original film every week for the entire year that means i don't think you're putting in all the effort into some of that stuff to make that happen. That's just quantity over quality. Yeah. You're just like, you're cranking well, that's, stuff. That's what they want. I right. think that's well, what they wanted at first to get the, like get the share of the markets. Like we have all this content. You have to stay on our platform to watch it. Like can't miss this. And now they should retract back to quality over quantity. Well, Gaius, I also really like your point too, about um, the uh, original releases. I mean, my favorite example too is uh, the King with Timothy Chalamet and who we just talked love about, Robert, movie. Robert Pattinson. And like I love said, I love that movie. I thought it was a great original. But the thing is about those kind of things is that 
one, since it's a Netflix original, it's always fucking on Netflix, which means you forget about it the second you watch it. Whereas right. you could have something that has a theatrical release and then it's like now on Netflix. And so now you're excited to actually go to the platform to see it. Whereas all right. of these things that are original now, they're constantly on the platform. So you watch it once and fucking forget about it. And then also don't even tell your friends about it because you just watched it and now it's always there. So I think yeah. that like the diversification that Netflix has had has been pretty spare. Uh, and, and they really need to just kind of step up their game and, and stop making movies. I watched, what was it? Um, click or die or choose or die and it was fucking terrible like i can't even finish it it's just one of these things so that i don't know i don't know why they're spending like that movie probably cost them whatever a million and a half two million dollars or even maybe even more than that and it's like why are you spending money on these movies that are going to be in your netflix top 10 the second they come out and the next day they're not and they're gone. i don't get that they, yeah, they have a lot of in the moment hits. So that's what they kind of like. Oh, like like you're watching it in the moment. You're like, all right, I guess it was fine for what it was while I was watching it. Like I had no problem with Extraction, but it's not something. It's not a movie I think about like later after I watched it. It no. was fine in the moment. Or like the old guard with like Charlie Theron. I was like, it was fine in the moment, but like Ugh. it's not no, something dude, I really you're, remember. You're afterwards. Took the words right into my my head. Gayest right there with old guard. Like I literally was about to say, like I see old guard on my like recommendeds or like watch again. All the time because I basically watch those types of movies on Netflix. So actually, The King is always on my watch it again or like recommended. So it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, right. it's just like, I, like, am I gonna sit down again for another two hours and watch Charlie's Theron and 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 whatnot, or like, am I gonna watch Underground Six with Ryan Reynolds? No, <laughs> like, no. And you spent a fuck ton of money on those movies, and I'd rather watch Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. like I, they I just. Think too- they- Oh, I, I no, was I just, just going to say, I think that... Yeah. Okay. Someone go. <laughs> I, I, think that Netflix, I think that Netflix has kind of embraced this sort of millennial and Gen Z sort of tradition where it's like they want to go viral, they want to go viral quick, and then they want to move on to something else. And so it's like that's kind of the the way that I've pictured this whole thing is that, I mean, something like Bird Box is the hit of the internet. Everyone's talking about it, and then immediately they're moving on to something else. And that's how it is with Twitter. That's how it is with news. That's how it is with Reddit. There's always some new topic that everyone's talking about, and the second something else comes out, they move on to the next thing. And I feel like Netflix has either intentionally or unintentionally embraced that sort of fact and has just decided to pump out as much content as possible just in the hopes that one thing is going to finally stick. And when it does... What's the point? Because they've wasted so much money making all these other trash films. I don't know. It's yep. just it's frustrating to me. Yeah. I read today that they pumped two hundred million dollars into this movie called The Gray Man that the Russo brothers are directing with uh, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling and Anna De Armas. I mean, it's a good cast. It's cool, and like the Russo brothers, you know, they did like the Avengers and stuff like that. That's fine, but it just it, it's crazy to me that Netflix would spend two hundred million dollars on something that you won't really know how successful that is. And I mean, it's the same thing I have with the problem I had with red notice. It was expensive too. And they can boast about how many people watch it. But like, I couldn't think I couldn't like other than us and a few other people, I was like, no one else talked about watching it. No one was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I watched red notice. And it was, it was great or it was bad. Like, you know, it just kind of like, I mean, with the rock conversation. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Did you watch that new rock movie? Did you watch that new Ryan Reynolds movie? Like that's it. And Gal Gadot, oh. she was there. And then that was it. My parents and said that they watched it. They're like, yeah, we saw Red Notice and it was okay. And that was it. 
Like they didn't even mention anything about it. And like, and that's so not what you want. Yeah. I mean, I like. So Netflix, I, I guess you're in this. Be better quality. <laughs> Yeah, all about to, to your point, I think that I mean you brought up two successful shows like Ozark and um, Stranger Things. I mean their their success has been the ones that you have to keep coming back for, where there's new content constantly being put out for it. So I mean they became successful because of their shows and their original shows, not from their original films. And it's for for these films that you really want to keep coming back for it's got to be something that you've seen and you want to continue to see or you're excited for it to hit netflix so that you can see it again i mean i honestly was excited for batman to hit hbo max so i could watch it again and see something that i missed if i had seen it originally like i did dune on hbo max i'm probably not going to go watch it again unless i mean my parents bought tickets to for me to go see it on thanksgiving so i had to go see it again but it's like when you finally see something for the first time on a streaming service on your couch like you're not dying to do it again anytime soon, so it's like. I mean, besides Dune, I love Dune. Yeah, well, Dune Dune was a good one, but it's like, I I, I don't I'm not gonna go turn it on after this. That's no, true. yeah, absolutely. I mean, like it, it also it's played still, better I, on the big screen too. Like yeah. it played much better on the big screen than it did at home. I just think uh, that their their success has been from keeping people to come back to their platform, and so far their original movies have not done that. No, I agree, and I think they, they're still trying. And like, but they're not like they need quality stuff now instead of just like, and you know, and they have all the big stars. They they've signed up all these people to be in these movies. You know, Chris Hemsworth is in there with Netflix. Sandra Bullock is Charlize Theron, Mark Wahlberg. These are all big names that are like associated with them. Ryan Reynolds, but like, they just need to put out better content, and that will help a lot. That will go a long way, and it kind of allowing them to compete with all these services. They're like still not like as successful as them, but are creeping up on them as far as like the quality of stuff they're putting out there. Yeah. And I will say that that Netflix originals, like their original films, I have a better um, like chance of seeing one of those because I think their movies have been great. And I, I will attribute it to the King is that I think their original movies are good so if there's something that comes out just on Netflix, I'm more inclined to see it on Netflix. Whereas something like Vacation Friends on Hulu came out and I was like, I don't know if Hulu can put out a good movie. And so I actually still haven't seen that yet. So it's like I do give Netflix the benefit of the doubt that in my mind, I feel like their movies are better and they can actually do something that is going to keep me entertained. Whereas I don't think that the other ones are uh, strictly there yet. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, let's move on to uh, another studio. I'm going to do Sony last. I know because that's like the big one uh, with uh, everything that's going on with uh, them at CinemaCon. Uh, I'm going to go to Universal because there was like some fast, fast X, fast 10 news that dropped today, like right before we started. Uh, the director, Justin Lin, dropped out and they are six days into production. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't he's not he's not directing anymore. It, they said it was like. Mutual, uh, the mutual uh, departure, but um, it was over creative differences, and you kind of can get a hint of things not being like the way they should be because someone wrote on Vin- when he made the announcement and showed the logo for the like uh, for the new Fast movie. Um, one like one of the one of his fans wrote on there basically said like I hope you make this final installment like kind of like classic like the first one basically like go back to basics and like kind of make it what it was because you know it's kind of gotten out of hand and 
Vin Diesel, I don't know if he was just like jet lagged or feeling himself, but he got all emotional and started posting like he posted like three things. One of them he took down, but he said that he always listens to the fans. Like he he said he listened to the fans when they wanted him to like be in the movie with The Rock. So that's how like Dwayne Johnson ended up in Fast Five. Same thing with Jason Statham. He also added the little caveat that like he still thinks that Hobbs is Dwayne Johnson's like best character he's ever played. He took that post down. I guess someone told him hmm. to take it down. Um, he also said Dwayne. that originally, yeah, he also said originally in this new one that Jordana Brewster in the 10th one, her character Mia was not in the script and he got upset because he was like, you know, she's my sister in the movie. The movie's about family. Why is she not in it? The argument there is it's hard to explain. It was hard to explain why she was in Fast 9 and not have Brian there because Brian is very much alive in the universe, in the movies, even though Paul Walker isn't. So it's hard to justify her leaving her husband and her kid to go off on these adventures and stuff with the rest of her family. But he felt that she should be in it. He felt that she should be in it. So he had, uh, I know he fought hard about that. I, I can't think of any other reason why Justin Lin would like drop out other than Vin Diesel. I feel like Vin Diesel's just trying to do a lot to make people. I can think of. Yeah. I feel like he's doing a, trying to do a lot to make people, everyone happy, whether it's the studio, the fans, like, other people in the movie, people that weren't in the movie originally that want to be in the movie. Um, Cause someone posted a video like from a few days ago where Vin Diesel is like a selfie video. And he's like talking to Justin Lin. And he's like, Oh, is this like the best one we've done yet? And Justin Lin is just like, yeah, <laughs> he's just not excited. <laughs> so, it made, so, it, so it made like a lot of sense. Like to hear today that like he's dropping out. I mean, it does kind of suck that it's in six days in the production. They're still going to do like second unit shooting on it. But then they have to kind of hit a break and look for a new director. And they said that they have prospects. Everyone on Twitter thinks Vin Diesel's going to do it. I, I hope he doesn't because I don't think he can. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't I mean, hate that. I, I guess it would just like, be a big old Vinny project for them. Yeah, like being real, it's like, I mean, I'm shocked he hasn't directed like something. And obviously he's like producer, executive producer now. But like, I'm kind of shocked he hasn't. Obviously not to the fucking scale of what J- Justin Lin can do with like, you know, a car flying from... Uh, island to island on a on a rickety bridge that somehow gets the bumper <laughs> and then they fling to another place. Yeah. I don't know. Wild stuff. You know, spaceship stuff. But yeah, no, I think it'd be dope if he did that. But yeah, again, this is kind of getting fatigued. Like 10 movies yeah. in, we're like doing crazy shit, adding new people and that, which is great. And like, I'll still watch it. I'll watch it every fucking time. You can, you can make 20 of these. But let's get a little like it doesn't have to always up the next one. It could just be a better movie than the last one. If that makes well, do sense. You think, do you think they should go back to basics? If they go back to basics, is that too small considering what they've done the last like four some odd movies? Well, it, like, they can be- make it, they can make the story small, the scope large, but like, it could be as simple as like, uh, I mean, again, like this is also the same franchise that has like killed off characters and then like magically brought them back. <laughs> Through other things like first Han was dead, just straight up dead. Two movies later, he's alive. Um, another movie later, we find out that it was Jason Statham who killed Han, and then he was then Han was working for Mister Nobody. <laughs> so you can just bring back anyone, and you know, in the in the crazy context of this world. Um, but if you just kind of like scale it down to make it more character driven rather than like a huge just you know save the world situation, I think it could do better. They should all just go putt putt golfing and then uh, get angry over that. Or it's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, that's nine go kart racing. 
Yeah, there we no, go. Yeah, it would be cool. Like uh, for uh, like if they, I wish they did it. Like you know, Mate O'Connor, uh, Jack O'Connor, the Brian's son, uh, like older. So he's like, if you put like you want- a situation that's in Gone in for Gone in sixty seconds, where it's like the older brother was the was the famous car thief, and the younger one's kind of like fuck up, kind of like kind of live up to it. I think that could be a really cool storyline where it's like. My parents, you know, I didn't know my dad, blah, 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 but, you know, I want to live up to him, but, like, he's getting into the wrong crowd, and it turns out to be, like, You'll never be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Something along that lines, I think, would be fine. But, like, yeah, yeah, I don't need to see another spaceship or Tyrese going underwater in a Lamborghini in the Arctic yeah. being chased um, by a I, submarine. What I did see in Vin Diesel's post that I thought was interesting and, like, I guess more more power to them if they want to do this. Vin Diesel mentioned Paul Walker's mother saying that she wants to see Brian on the big screen again. And they have talked about like kind of using uh, whatever technology to kind of make him not, not a full cast member. I would imagine, I guess, I guess what they would do, what they did with him in like furious seven, when they had to like finish the movie and had his brother stand in. Um, I didn't mind it for that one. Cause it made sense. Cause they had to finish it. And it was like a nice homage to like have his brothers kind of finish that out for him. I don't know if I would want to see that uh, again because it just no, feels like I, kind of I like think a cheap, that's a cheap ploy. It yeah, could, yeah. I for, who they did this with someone else, right? They like ju- they digitally generated somebody's voice based on like tracks from other things to do it. Like the technology is there to do it. I just think Paul Walker is so unanimously loved that they wouldn't want people to do this. Like it's such a bad precedent for every other thing. Like, all right, let's bring back Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. I totally like, agree. That doesn't. That doesn't it's it's like, such a bad precedent. Like, put Paul Walker's mom in the movie and say she's like Jack's grandma. Like, that's that's great, great little thing, and everyone knows about it. But yeah, to do like a a that type of thing, I think would be really weird. But like, I think you've got to be really done. careful with the digitally enhanced youngifying stuff. I mean, for. I, I still think we're probably years away from it being perfected because it's so obvious on screen to me. And I mean, it's, it's one of the things that bothered me about the Irishman. I mean, seeing stuff like a young Robert De Niro, when 80 years old and like, <laughs> I don't know, there, there's, there's something about it that fucking bothers me. And I think it just shows complete disrespect to Paul Walker. I mean, he didn't fucking sign off to say, you're allowed to use my likeness and image after I'm dead. So it's like, I don't think well, that... Well, to go into the legal terms, that's the estate's decision now, not his. But yeah, no, I right. totally get what you're saying. It's it's. But again, if it's coming from his mom, I yeah, think that I holds a little I mean, bit of weight. Because like, I guess with like Furious 7, like when they were worried about like not finishing it after he died... They did go. It was his family that said that they should finish it, and that's family. why the brothers were so. Oh, that's family. why, the, and that's why the brothers were so heavily involved. But that also felt different because it was like you have to wrap it up. He didn't get to finish yeah. it, and we're helping. We're helping uh, our brother, our you know, our son, or whatever, finish like this last thing that he was working on. And they did so in a very respectful way, especially for a movie like that. They kind of like peeled back a little bit, and it was like, okay, it's not a dumb action movie for like a few minutes and actually paid respect to the guy who was a part, a big part of the franchise. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. I just think it does because I think it becomes like a cheap ploy to do it again. They have talked about putting his daughter in some scenes, which is fine. Cause she's like in her early twenties. And if she wants to like kind of be a part of it, that's another way they can kind of honor him too. Uh, you know, 
I just think trying to like use technology to kind of bring that character back in any capacity would that would it's kind of uncomfortable. That would be that would be a really cool scene. <clears throat> um, like his daughter's like Brian's like niece, and he like when like they were close when they were younger, so he taught them all about cars. And she pulls up to Dom's like Los Angeles house, and he's like in this in in the old school orange car that uh that dom took in the first movie that'd be a sick like scene but i mean yeah. again it's got to come back to the roots yeah if, yeah, if they're gonna do it it's got to be for 30 seconds or something like it, it, it's it, it shouldn't be for longer than half a scene i mean you should barely even have him talking i think so i i just i yeah. don't agree with it if they do it i guess oh go ahead Okay, the last last thing, last scene I could think of that would work is if it's the end, they finish with whatever the hell it is. It's uh, the barbecue, and you know how they always say like, "Oh, it's your turn to say grace." Yeah, they flip it around. Oh. And it's Brian at the other side, at the end. Brian at the other end of the table, and it's his brother doing the deep fake, and he like you know just right. pull, puts the hands out and says grace. I think that would be the only respectful way about doing it. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, not you can't make him like a supporting character. You can't try to put him in longer than it needs to be. It needs to be Maybe short. Maybe I sweet. should direct Fast Ten. Probably <laughs> <laughs> be better than Diesel. Yeah, I can't even think who would want, want to do it. I mean, like it's not like I mean it'd be a cool franchise to direct, but like that's a daunting task to jump in and like work on something that they're splitting up into two movies. Like it's not going to be one film. They're like doing two parts. So like it's that's just a lot. getting more and more ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous, man. Yeah, just finish. I mean, the, finish the franchise and move on, Vin. Yeah, I know. Oh, but the one bit of the good news is that Charlize Theron took a picture of her and Jason Momoa on set, and she got yeah. rid of that awful fucking box haircut that she had in the last one, and she looks normal. So I'm happy about that too. That Cipher will actually look like a legit hot Charlize Theron, and not someone with a weird funky haircut. Probably the best. And Jason Momoa. <laughs> And he'll be a cool villain. They're both going to be what. villains, and yeah, I think I think he's a good addition to it too. He'll be fun, uh, which is funny because I, he was supposed to be like in talks to be one of the brothers on the on the on the Samoa Island. But he just couldn't do it because of conflict. Oh, and uh, and uh, you talking about Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, because I think they tweet. Uh, someone tweeted out, it's like you got to get Jason Momoa," and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I got to get my brothers in." And, you know, yada yada. We couldn't. We tried doing it for the scene but we couldn't get him due to some probably because we were filming justice league or aquaman um but yeah so i I think it's actually even dope that he's gonna like play this like i hope he just plays like a crazy badass smart rock star villain like like you know just a smarter (laughs) version of himself yeah, whoa! Is that a dig at him? Is he dumb? <laughs> no, no, no! Like in, in no, like in this, no, in the sense that he's like super smarter version. No, Jack, that is on tape. You just said that he needs to play a smarter version of himself. Wow! I'm gonna, I'm gonna yes. ask him to use this soundbite to promote the episode. <laughs> Jason Momoa, I love you. Um, keep doing you, man. Yeah, put it right oh, next yeah. to him, like backing Amber Heard, and then Jack this. Oh yeah. God. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess we can get to Sony now. Sony has like the most stuff going on at CinemaCon. Uh, I, I it's a mix of good news and news that I just don't care about. Um, I, I want to say this first. They started the uh, the the week off by making sure that we knew that Spider Man No Way Home made six hundred and ten million dollars in profit for them. So they had like a ton of money to do some good things with it, but judging from some of the stuff they're announcing, I don't think they are going to do great things with it. <laughs> um, 
I guess like the big one is that they moved Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse from this year until June of 2023. Um, no real big reason was given. That's why they're doing that. Um, maybe they, I, it'll, they need more time to finish some stuff, or maybe it'll just play well or play better during the summer. Um, Cause it was supposed to come out in like, I think October of this year. Um, and the one after that, uh, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse will be out March 2024. And then they announced, uh, so I don't even know who Bat Bunny is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know who Bat Bunny is? Yeah, so so I, I, know what you, I know what you're going to get at. I, I know what you're going to get at with this one, but I, I think I know yeah. what Sony's up to with this. Yeah, yeah, you you can you can take it because I was like I don't know who he is. And then they were like, oh, this is who he's playing in a Spider Man like spinoff. Yeah, so, and I was like, what? I don't even, why. <laughs> so Bad Bunny is like the biggest reggaeton artist um, outside of north of the United States. Um, so he's just he's he's massive, and I have no idea who this character is. All I know is that I think that Sony has been like, you know what? We're not doing so hot inside the U.S. with these off-spin movies. Maybe if we like throw Hispanic and a huge Hispanic guy in there, we'll get some. Like we'll get a little traction outside of it. Because remember, like we we talk about it. We talk about movies like we're from the U because we're from the U.S. and that's how we gauge stuff. But like you have to remember, studios don't always make movies for just the U.S. They make them for China. They make them for Brazil. They make them for all these huge countries that make huge amounts of money. So. I think that it's just a ploy to get to a different market and still be profitable and still say that they're making Spider-Man IPs. But I just, as an American, I don't care. He's not a fucking yeah. actor. That's what pisses me off. Is like, it just bothers me that, like, I mean, it's unless this guy my point, it's it, money. It, yeah, yeah. Unless this he, character has, unless like this character's alter ego is a reggaeton like singer <laughs> like i don't understand why they chose him there are plenty of latino um and uh hispanic people that could have played this that are actual fucking actors and have been in the business for a long time like there's no need to cast someone who has no business being in the acting world like right. i don't know this was, i was i was i was i was like conflict conflicted about it because on the one hand i did like reading that like He's the first ever like Latino actor to headline a Marvel movie, so that's cool. But then, like on the other, it's like I agree with you. Like I think he has a part in Bullet Train that's coming out this summer too. Like, but he's not like a like actor actor. Um, and it's it's clear that they're casting him because like you know yeah he's big outside of the U.S. and they can like, kind of capitalize on that. Um, but yeah, I didn't know anything about this character. Uh, I guess his name is he's known as Juan Carlos Estrada Sanchez in the comics. And he's a wrestler whose powers are handed down by ancestry in the form of a mask that gives him superhuman strength. And that they're going to portray him more as an anti-hero in this film uh, uh, that's inheriting his father's powers. That's what so they said on stage. Have, so we're going to have a masked, a, a, a masked Hispanic man in a Lucha Libre <laughs> mask running around. <laughs> Again, this is another one of those read the rooms, but I mean whatever yeah i uh it's coming out january 12 2024 uh it just adds to that list of like these standalones that they're doing like i i still kind of am interested in craving the hunter because i think that could be good but like madam yeah, I'm, Web, I'm i don't feel about 
but like Madam Web, I don't care about. I don't really care about this, even though I, even though I do think it's, I guess, cool for him that he gets to kind of have this moment to be in something like this, and it's probably not right to shit on it, but like it also, it's like why does no one is asking for these? Like Sony's ask, acting like people are like this is what the people want, <laughs> and like no one is saying like you should make that character and give him his own movie. Like that's no exactly what I was gonna that. say. It's like, dude, that like. These Spider-Man spinoffs are starting to frustrate me because, like, I think that Gacy said it perfectly. Sony just has the IP for all these freaking characters, and they're like, let's make movies about them. But no one is asking for them. The best character in the Spider-Man universe is fucking Spider-Man. So there's no reason to build all of these, like, extra, like, Spider-Verse things. I think that, like, this Spider-Verse animated one is going to be interesting, but... Apparently, there's what 27, 28 characters or something in that. I think that's yeah, even. Yeah, oh no, you you like, misread that, bud. There's two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty yeah. fucking characters, man. Like that's too many. <laughs> that's too many for my brain to comprehend. Like I even thought, like, oh, gosh, I, I I don't think that they need to be going down this road. And if they do, they need to take their time with it because they're really well, just starting to basically announce characters and say hey we're making a movie about this they did it with morbius and the story was garbage so it's like why don't we take our time find a good script find the right story to tell and then we can actually develop these characters rather than just being like hey here's 300 million dollars go make a fucking movie and well Well, but, but that's the but that's the argument we were having with netflix is that they have all this money they have some success in some shape or form so they have the profit to do so they're gonna say fuck it let's just continue to make more of these things and see what something sticks is it the right move in terms of like quality absolutely not but is it the terms of how consumption is in this current day and age it is because most of the time I'm going to watch a comic book movie, regardless if it's that terrible. I'm going to watch it because I'm a nerd and I want to see if they do any justice to it or if I can shit on it on the podcast with you guys. But uh, it, it's, it's everyone's that, been that, shitting on these. Everyone's been shitting yeah. on them, except but for Spider-Man making, No Way Home. But they're make Yeah, I know. And it's weird, too. But again, that's also the Disney effect is that they can't like they're like they wouldn't. Disney's not going to let them just do whatever they want. You know, like I yeah. think the most they're allowed to do is with Venom because that but like still like it's bullshit that we can't see like spider-man's like number one and like villain that like we all remember because he's on sony and he can't be in the marvel universe for some odd reason for you know pg-13 or nc7 whatever reason so it's it sucks they shouldn't i mean if they're gonna continue to make the movies just be better at them like that's really it the the only smart thing they're doing is warner brothers warner brothers fans scream at the top of their lungs for all these movies and get none of them sony <laughs> has no fan outcry and they just give them everything it's <laughs> someone in their office is like yeah madam web let's do that like no one no one is at home going like i can't wait till they make a madam web movie Dude. like it's just like no one is asking for it i mean i guess the only smart thing that they kind of do is that they micro budget these kind of spinoffs because morbius didn't have a huge budget so if they if there's a loss, there's on the big one. And if there's a win, it's a big win. The same thing happened with Venom. Venom didn't have like a huge budget either. And it kind of latched onto the audience that really enjoyed it, even though the reviews weren't great. Like younger people liked Venom and they even enjoyed the sequel. I didn't get it. But like, I think when Sony sees success like that, they're like, okay, people clearly want it because it was successful. So there is an audience for it. But like when you make that much money, 
and the quality isn't good, but you continue to make money, it doesn't give you any incentive to try as much yeah. as you probably should. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like to piggyback off all that, they also announced they're going to make a third Venom movie. They didn't say anything about it and who's coming back, but they're going to make another one. I don't even know what I would want to see in a third Venom movie at this point, uh, unless they're going to involve Spider-Man in some way. But I, I also don't even want to see them like taint that <laughs> either. I just don't trust yeah. Sony the to grasp on straws. I don't trust someone to do anything like they are my, they are my new Warner brothers. Like I used to shit on Warner brothers the most. And now it's mostly Sony. So like, it's hard for me yeah, to like, you, accept you've, been on a, you've, on a, you've been on a real big, um, uh, Sony diss, uh, spree well, for a little bit. Guys. Well, they're, well, they're stupid and it's hard to be happy There's for so their trash out there. It's like, it's so hard to be happy for their $610 million in Spider-Man profit when they're just going to squander it on crap. Yeah, like, dude. Like, just like, give that to Tom like, Holland. Now, now and that I'm thinking, good. now that yeah. I'm thinking about it, I really can't think of like another movie that's like, oh, yep, Sony released that non-comic book or Spider-Man related. Like, it's like I'm having a really hard time thinking about it right now. Like, what other successful movies they have? No, like legit, like whatever. Like, even if something's out, like, like when we talk about Sony in in this terms, it's like we're always talking about Spider-Man or like their spinoffs. I can't think of another movie that we've discussed that had a Sony backing. Unless yeah, I'm just we didn't really, and, and just haven't realized we, we didn't really talk about yeah, Uncharted. Like, give, oh, give, me, they, give me a list of, of any other Sony movies that come up. Sans comic book. They, they, okay. they had Uncharted, but that's based on a video game. Okay, so and, and Peter Rabbit. <laughs> what they have? Peter Rabbit. Okay. The Ghostbusters Emoji movie. Ghostbusters, um, okay, Men, Ghostbusters. In Black, Men in Black International, Surf's <laughs> Up. Okay, I love Surf's Up. Surf's Up's a great one. Um, Hotel Transylvania, they have that. Those um, are successful, I guess. I think you've just named like at least four digital or or, or, or heavy or cartoon movies. So, yeah, I, I, I have no idea what Sony's up to. Um, they seem to to have found their niche with uh, these spinoffs and uh, animated movies like Peter Rabbit and whatever else Owen just listed. I don't. I, I've already forgotten about them. Random shit. Yeah. So, um, hey, you, they're 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 still a huge studio. So uh, they are. What am yeah. I? What, am I, what, the, what do we know? And they're, and they're gonna make another. Uh, they're making a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife too. They announced that during their sizzle reel uh, last night. I mean, the, the movie was total fan service. I guess fans loved it a lot. I thought it was fine. I didn't love it. Uh, I don't think we need another one, but um, it definitely did its job of like winning people back after the the lady time one pissed everyone off. So like it 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 did its job, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean they they only really had like one misstep, uh, in a bit. But yeah, I don't know. I hope I don't have much faith in what they're gonna do uh, next. Um, oh, speaking as... speaking of speaking of cartoon, um, since you correctly uh, guessed that uh, what was it, bad guys or evil guys? Bad guys. Bad guys like but... top the box office, like outperforming, dude. With the Northman being like so hyped as like the next gladiator, like it's it like I read it was like it's like the movie we've been waiting for for the past twenty years, and it only made twelve million dollars. Yeah, um, 
it's weird. It, you know, it's funny in like industry circles, like and press and online. When people were seeing that movie early, they hyped it up hard because that director did the lighthouse and he did the witch. So he has like a lot of people that love his work. I was surprised Dude. that Focus Features gave him seventy to ninety million dollars to make that movie, I, and because he hasn't made anything that like justifies, at least box office wise, giving him that much money to play with. I think it's cool that they took a chance on it, like a visionary director and just let him do his thing. But I was so surprised that they gave him that much money because it's not going to make that back here. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I just kind of, well, you can say the argument like giving it to Zack Snyder, like you know, giving him like a, a the big budget of Batman vs Superman after coming off the success of of uh, Dead movie, the the zombie movie. Oh, uh, Army of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. So, um, I think that happens all the time where like directors like we see the potential, we're gonna give you this one, see what happens. Um, but I'm like they uh, I was at Talladega, I was at the Talladega race in Alabama this weekend. Guess who like did this? Did the flag was Alexander Skarsgård. So, so like they, yeah. they pushed this this movie. I'm shocked that uh it didn't do better. I haven't seen it yet. I'm gonna see it soon, but um, but uh, shocking that uh that that didn't do better. It came like fourth on the weekend. Yeah, they pro- so. and they promoted the hell out of it. I think it just couldn't uh, it didn't sell to people outside of like whatever fan base it was gonna get. Like casual moviegoers weren't gonna go see it, and I think that was the the main problem because like this was but, a, one of the weekends where. Like- all, all, no, like it was the one weekend where all three new Y releases all got good reviews. Like the Nicholas Cage yeah. movie got good reviews. Uh, that the bad guys got good reviews. This did. Um, this was like the first weekend in a while where that's happened, and only the bad guys did well, and it overperformed. But like, yeah, it's. I was, you know, like I said, I think it's cool that they gave him that money to do it. Uh, I wish to, I, for for the sake of like original ideas and giving directors like more. Uh, of a chance to have movies like that. I wish it would be performing better because now you're going to look at those numbers and be like, we'll see, we did a nice thing. We did a good thing. It didn't work. This is why we don't do this because they're going to lose money uh, on it. Even with like international grosses, they're going to lose money on it. And I-, I can see it becoming like a cult classic down the line, but I don't know like if uh, you'll see a studio now trying to give a director like that, that much money again to make a movie like that anytime soon yeah no i think it's like one of those points we were making i think owen made the point it's like really the only movies that are gonna make money anymore these days are goddamn comic book movies because of like how large and wide the ip spreads it's not like when gladiator came out 20 years ago and we're like i'm going to fucking see a russell crowe movie with Mm -hmm. ridley scott directing now it's just like you know like you're saying uh okay it's like i'm gonna go see this movie directed by a guy who did the lighthouse and a couple other movies uh, with Alexander Skarsgård, like it doesn't have that feeling, but like I was really, I was hoping it did better. But like it again, like I hope it turns, I hope it turns into like a a cult classic where it's like, holy shit! Imagine seeing this in theaters. Like get if it gets that comment, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So and we're talking about the North. That, yeah, no, I, I also think that too. Um, a lot of these sort of actor-led projects are the ones that are going straight to streaming services instead of director-led, which I actually think is a kind of a cool um, sort of avenue that people are going down where it's like, I'm going to go see this movie in the theaters because of the director rather than going to see the new Vince Vaughn movie. I mean, Adam Sandler sold a soul to Netflix and basically uh, (laughs) people go see the Adam Sandler movie because it's on Netflix uh, and and not necessarily go to the theater for him. So it's, it's actually kind of cool to see that 
if people really want to respect the art in the film, they go to the theater to see it for the director, which I think is actually a really cool um, sort of segue that things have gone on. But it, it does show that something like The Northman is not going to be as successful in theaters. Which is, yeah. yeah so, so excited to see it, but. So yeah, still don't give up on original ideas. I mean, like the, the, I mean, there's so many of them out there um, that deserve a chance to be seen. And you know, even though we all on here love comic book movies and stuff like that, we of course love other content as well. And like, I I don't want to see like, yeah, I don't want to see I don't want to see like one type of film like saturate the market, but then it won't be no, fun it, to go like, see any of that stuff anymore. Um, and I get I that like the seven studio. or eight book series that like I'm like yo. <laughs> This should be a movie. Like, why isn't this is a perfectly good IP? It's different from other things, it, but it still plays in like you know detectives or spy novel shit. There's stuff out there. Hollywood's just got to get back to its roots of getting that. Like, just use books. Use books that are popular. Like, it's not hard. You don't like you don't have to make an original idea. You can just use a book. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and I mean, and I also think we did it for No Country for Old Men. I mean, that was based on a book, yeah. and it was wildly book. successful. Exactly, yeah. like, and that also builds another thing too. If like you're a fan of the book, you're gonna go see the movie, right? And also, don't give up on like platform releases too. Like, I feel like the Northman could have done a little bit more or better if they gradually opened it and then made it go wide. Because uh, what's happening with that Everything Everywhere All at Once movie is that they've slowly opened that. And it has made like a decent amount of money because they've slowly pushed it out instead of just going wild, going wide with something that is a little bit different. Everyone's not going to totally get it, but they're giving it a chance to build word of mouth before they kind of send it all the way out there. Mm. I think you should yeah. also consider consider that for like releases that you're not I, entirely that, sure about. That actually like, makes me think like, I mean, uh, I don't want to go too long on it because we were only supposed to do a short little hot, hot topic episode today, but um do you think because like there's so much more accessibility to, to see stuff there's so much more to do and add in people now are like i'm finally able to like go out and do stuff post <clears throat> uh, knock on wood covid for the rest of our lives um that uh that they should start releasing movies in a different way like you're saying like to build drum up for like it shouldn't be about opening weekend anymore it should be about like the 45 days that it's out in theaters before it gets to streaming. Like that would be a great transition for the industry to be like, we'll release it in, you know, three popular markets, get that. And then yep. drum it up, do that. But then I also see how it could really just tank a movie really, really badly. Like bad yeah. would be a very good example of like, it dropped off like what, like 48% from day to day. So, um, yeah. But yeah, to see that tiered release would be a pretty would I think would alleviate studios' burdens on opening weekends to to gauge movie success because then they can you know forty five days it did this and like we moved it all over and it consistently drew a crowd rather than one big one and then trailing off at the end. I think that's a tough in, in this day and age. It's going to be super tough to do that, especially with um, social media and the amount oh, of yeah. people that are out there that are just like reviewing movies so the day that it comes out it's out for the public and anyone can kind of see what it's about read the reviews uh and also the amount of marketing that is spent on these fucking movies like i've seen marketing stuff on facebook instagram reddit for the northman for like two months and so like i know that it's out there if i want to go see it i'm going to go see it so with the the widespread uh, the widespread like reach that social media has nowadays doing 
a release like that would kill a movie if it's bad. And if it's good, people are going to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to like wait for it to come somewhere else rather than actually go see it in the theaters. So I, I don't, I don't know how successful that could be. I mean, it, it might be good for something indie. Um, yeah. But, like uh, but, treating them all like that. Yeah. But like, it, like but, to your point, it's like, if it's a show on Netflix that not everybody knows, but all of a sudden you start talking with your friends about it and all of a sudden it's like, Oh shit, this is really good. Yeah, I see. I see the the, the flaw in my proposal uh, that mm-hmm. I just spewed out. Yeah, yeah, but it's a and good the ground, yeah, and the groundswell on social media is all it feels so different because like when I was telling Jack when you stepped away, it was like when I was looking up stuff for the Northman, like just from other press people, like two or three weeks before it came out, like you would have thought it was like the second coming, like they it was like praising it like it was the best thing ever, and I thought like oh, okay, this might catch on, and then not realizing that even though there are a lot of people on Twitter and stuff talking about it, it's still like a very niche group of people discussing it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like, you know, every, like a casual movie going being like, Oh yeah, I want to kind of check that out. Cause I don't think a movie like that does appeal to just someone that's like, I want to go out to a movie on a Friday. I'm going to go see that. Like, yeah, you, you have to really want to go see it. Um, and I think that, and I think that some studios kind of like feed into that hype. They see it on social media and they're like, all right, I think we have a hit. That's like, I feel confident. And really, mm-hmm. that hit is just like a very small but like dedicated group of people. But it's not, you know, widespread as like they're probably thinking. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah, um, I'm glad we had like this short little uh, hot topics episode, and that was a good note to end it on with the box office. So, like, I did want to kind of talk about the Northman a little bit because I, yeah, I, so many people were hoping that it would do well because of the director and like the, and then it got, and then the Nicolas Cage movie too also got great reviews. I think that's just also very a niche kind of thing too, that you just have to be into like Nicolas Cage. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But it was cool to see like three movies open over the weekend that all got good reviews. And Mm -hmm. usually that's not the case sometimes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just hope that like people don't see opening weekends like this and like kind of give up on, original ideas yeah i hope so no dude you know i always gotta plug you and say that gase is probably one of the highest rated writers on uh on joe blow <laughs> come oh, on now sure. thank you, thank you. Uh, box now. office predictions box office predictions are hard and then when i'm like way off i'm like oh maybe i should give up <laughs> nah, don't much. give up man don't give up no sometimes <laughs> the numbers are right. sometimes the numbers are right but the placement's wrong and then sometimes the placement's like perfect and then the numbers are like oh i was like five million dollars off yeah, well, five million here and there is not that bad nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to wrap us up for the night. Um, we are uh, recording a short, hopefully short one uh, tomorrow just for uh, uh, we're doing anniversaries for Spider- Well, it might be tomorrow or the next day. We'll see. But it, uh, Spider-Man's 20th anniversary is next week and Spider-Man 3's 15th is next week as well. And instead of doing two separate shows, we're just going to kind of book in them together shooting for 30 30 let's try to do that 30 minutes on one 30 minutes on the other all right all uh right. and then all and right. then kind of see how, and then kind of see how they stand up uh against each other oh wait oh uh, wait before we before we cut out we actually didn't talk about like the actual storyline of spider-man into the uh the into the verse and like that whole entire thing because he uh t- frick, we can, uh, talk, about left we can talk about it we can talk about it next time uh when we uh, do yeah. our spider-man episode yeah. Yeah, because they yeah, did. Well, they did give a lot of information on like the storyline of that out because it's like like we we mentioned the two hundred fifty characters, but it's like it's not the it's not like the first one at all. It's going to be like right. very wild. Yeah, so, what sorry. we will what we will do we will uh, we will open the Spider Man anniversary and talk about that 
and then cool. go back to the past and go back. back to the past and believe that. Um, and I did say that we were going to announce this last week because like we've been trying to do these like deep dives. We were supposed to do one this week, but scheduling didn't really work out. Um, but our big one that we're going to do for May that's going to get released on May 13th is that we're doing one for Friday the 13th, but like the franchise as, as a whole. Uh, so that nah. is... We're going to try and figure that out. We're going to try and figure that out. We're going to try and figure that out. That is 10 movies plus Freddy versus Jason plus the remake. Um, I think ideally when I, when I talk to the other people who are going to be on, they think uh, it'll be best to on a, either record it one long one and then split it up into two episodes, two separate ones, have them edited into two separate episodes. Um, but it should be a fun one because we have uh, some pretty big horror movie pages that want to be a part of that discussion. So that will also be a... Uh, a really good time. Um, and everyone out there listening, out- I'm gonna try and do my, I'm gonna try and do my best to watch them all, but it would take me three yeah. months to watch them, even if I just did one a weekend. So I'm gonna get yeah. through what I yeah. can. But I promise you guys, <clears throat> I will be trying to get through as many as I can. And to hop yeah. on Owen's point, I'm I'm definitely a, a hard. I don't really watch horror movies or this at all. So. This is going to be a test of this is going to be a test of dedication um, to to the pod and uh, to our friendship. Of can I can I can can we get through ten slasher movies? Yeah, I um. And oh yeah, I by actually, the way, by the way, when when we were talking about doing this, Gaius offered me his ten Blu-rays. If if at the end, can anyone in the in the comments just let us know if you still use in Blu-rays? Because Gaius is on this tirade that Blu-rays are like they're still in and people still use them. I just need to know. Physical oh, media that. is still physical media is still important. Look at all of these back here. Physical like, no, media. Like in, 10, like in 10, 20 years, like yeah, those are going to be mad valuable, like baseball cards are now, but. No, <laughs> you can borrow my Blu-ray player. It's like, what are you gonna bring over me your PlayStation too? <laughs> but it's oh, good if you got if you, if you got the setup, you got the setup. But it's like, no one has Blu-rays anymore. Yeah, I you know I think they're on they are on streaming. I think some of them are on Shutter and some of them are on Paramount Plus. Um, I they're will, definitely on streaming services for sure. I, I will I will send you guys some homework so you can at least watch like. The first three or four. Those, those if are like there's the an essential list, send us the essential <laughs> list beforehand. Like, it, the only way you can just join this conversation is if you watch, you know, one, two, five, seven, eight. <laughs> there you go. We'll figure out how to split it up. At least get through the first yeah. one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the funny about Jace one for sure. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, you know what? Between all of us, we'll get through all 12 of those movies somehow. Let's just be the expert on four each. <laughs> there we go. We'll figure it out. Uh, all right, Owen, yeah. right, send us send us off. All right, guys. Yeah, just uh, another great episode. Love just even if it's just uh, talking about some of the hot topics that are going on uh, throughout the week. It was great to have CinemaCon uh, drop a bunch of stuff for us to talk about today. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a uh, really good uh, love. Even though today is not Monday, we did our uh, love talking movies with you guys on a weekday nights and you guys can listen anywhere we uh listen to podcasts so apple music spotify is where i like to listen um my cat's making an appearance so you can see on youtube if you'd like to check us out and uh, as always (laughs) just bump the microphone as uh as always just uh keep listening and really appreciate you guys um uh keep tuning in it's uh it's been great for us to do so um, please uh, uh, subscribe to listening as, as much as you can. 
Um, give us a five-star rating if you like it, and uh, just keep on tuning in. Appreciate it, guys. Your assignment this week is to like, subscribe, and share this podcast, people. We need the love and comment, comment, and comment, please. Thank you, guys, for listening. Like, subscribe, and share.